Hello everybody and welcome back to the Awesome Boom podcast. Thank you so much for tuning back in and I would just like to thank you all personally from the bottom of my heart for all the love and support you've given me since starting this podcast just under a year ago or so. Today we're going to be talking with a really interesting friend of mine, Ollie. Ollie has got a wealth of knowledge and deep understanding of the world of psychedelics and how they could be utilised into helping improve our human experience. And But before we get into the conversation, I just want to do a shout out to our sponsors, Canico. Canico is a leading UK CBD brand based here in London. They supply pretty much all your CBD products from your gel caps to your tinctures to your CBD flowers to your topical creams etc so if you're interested in CBD and you find it very useful for yourselves please do check out Canico they're on Instagram it's just canico.cbd or the website is canico.co.uk do check them out we're going to get straight into this conversation with Ollie today so I do hope you enjoy it. Uh, please do give me feedback. Always interested in feedback, positive or negative. I'm always interested in, in improving my game. So don't be shy. Do give me the feedback. I hope you enjoy the podcast and we'll get straight into it now. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, we're going to see the dolphins on the river. We're going to do this. We're going to go to this reserve. We're going to take ayahuasca. It's like, okay. You know, uh, is there an issue with that, you know? It's difficult to tell, you know, because there's there's some people that like, you know, have really difficult experiences on it and there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong and maybe those people shouldn't have been going there. Maybe those people should have been screened and... But I think that you, you bring up a really good point because, you, you know, I'm a... You know, I'm a huge fan of what ayahuasca can can add to you and you know bring to your life. And you know, I've I've ex- as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've experienced all the sort of the real deep benefits from utilizing it. But you do hear these sort of horror stories, don't you, of people mm. who, you know, are traveling in South America. They do go off um, into the depth of the jungle where they don't speak the language necessary. They've never met these sort of people, and you are literally in the middle of a a jungle and you end up taking this incredibly powerful you know psychedelic tea and um, you know quite often I think you know we're not necessarily aware of past traumas or what's been suppressed mm. and then suddenly you know you drink this you're in, the, you're in the middle of a jungle with all this strange noise strange environment mm. hot as hell muggy humid yeah that was genuinely one of the main reasons why I was like for me you know I wouldn't want to trip in, you know, Iquitos was already one of the most humid places I've ever been, uncomfortable. I was just like, doing ayahuasca in this? No. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I genuinely felt, you know, doing San Pedro up in the mountains in Peru um, in what was essentially a West environment. So it's with um, a South African family who owned a house up there. And it was very loving, very, very safe, very, very beautiful. Part of me would have preferred a more intense experience, but then I just appreciated how it was like, you know, ridiculously, incredibly safe environment. Mm. But at the same time, you know, I mean, (laughs) some people took quite a while for it to come on with me within like 20 minutes, half an hour. I was like bawling my eyes out. Everything was just like releasing. 
I think that's possibly because I'd had San Pedro quite a few times before. And so I find that with psychedelics, it's almost like if you're familiar with the medicine, they're like, okay, here we go. You don't need an introduction. Let's straight to let's go. get back into the work. And Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with you. I find that, um, I find that with ayahuasca is that, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's mm. already starting to work. Same with mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mushrooms very, very fast, actually. It's just like, yeah. oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, we know what we're doing. We like we like this. Um, San Pedro, I mean, I only tried <clears throat> for the first time last year. Mm. And we did it after a, uh, after a, straight after an ayahuasca ceremony, the last one. Mm. And it was beautiful because it was, um, during the whole night for the ayahuasca, we had this huge storm, electrical storm above us, you know, so it's raining and lightning and thunder and all this sort of jazz. And then it brightened up in the morning and we sort of, yeah, we, we drank the uh, San Pedro and then sort of spent all day out in the, out in the forest by mm. the ocean. And it was, uh, yeah, an amazing, amazing medicine, amazing medicine. But I felt that, I felt that really quickly and, I, mm. and it lasted for... Lasted for a long time. Long time. Yeah. like 12 15 hours maybe even yeah, longer yeah. i think um it was difficult to sort of tell because i could still feel the ayahuasca as well sure yeah, yeah but it was a beautiful it was a beautiful way of sort of rounding rounding up the sort of three ayahuasca ceremonies with this beautiful heart medicine which the yeah is. yeah and they call it the grandfather so it provides that masculine uh energy to it and it, it's really interesting you know i think when I was kind of a bit younger and meeting a lot of people, you know, first kind of foray into the psychedelic community, and so many people ascribing masculine and feminine energies to different plants. Um, and I just kind of thought, hey, you know, okay, yeah, it's kind of nice or whatever. But yeah, I find it really kind of reigns true for me. You know, I, I grew up in a really... Uh, like more or less matriarchal family like raised by my aunts and grandmas and all of that like the men were kind of in the background a bit um, so for me I sort of really welcomed the the San Pedro that ma- masculine energy that kind of vibrant energetic I think that's why I get on really well with the kind of uh, analogues of, of mescaline um, I quite like I find them very empowering, but also incredibly loving. So it, it's like, a, yeah, I don't know. It's like that. I think it's like that, like you sort of say, being the sort of the the grandfather medicine. Mm. It's that sort of deep. It's yeah. It's that deep sort of reassuring, mm. strong love in a sense. That sort of that sort of power. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know. I know. <clears throat> I know what you mean because. Um, yeah, my parents were divorced, so I mean, I, I I grew up with my with my mum, and um, it's interesting when you start to understand how energy, different energies, mm. can really sort of affect you, and um, you know what what it can what it can do to you. But yeah, I, I found the, uh, the San Pedro beautiful. I almost find it makes me more sociable than something like MDMA, like the with like MDMA it kind of feels forced sociability a lot of the time I'm I'm like aware that if I wasn't necessarily on this drug I might not be interacting with this person it's like a very surface level understanding of them whereas I find the Mexican it was almost like I wanted to talk to everyone because I I felt this like everyone was just 
I don't know, like beautiful and wonderful and worthy of like interaction. And we needed like a thing going on more of like a wider, like cosmic thinking in terms of like humanity and the connection that we all need as like MDMA, I find it's like very much in that moment. And you're just like, you're just going to go up and touch someone just because you want to go. Yeah. And, and touch you're just them. like, uh, you know, um, it was like with the mess and it's almost like I wanted to get involved in everyone's business. I wanted to like know what was going on and like, I don't know, I always find like weird stuff happens when I'm tripping. So it was like, you know, I passed this, there was a BMW yesterday. I'll show you a picture. I've never seen anything like this. I don't know how it happened. I was like just staring at it, being on San Pedro yesterday and like how, but then it's like, you know, you end up in a conversation with people. But somehow like, the wheel, front wheel has got completely fucked and the rest of the car is fine. <laughs> Jesus. I'll, I'll post a picture of this online. This is hilarious. How on earth has he done that? That's incredible. <laughs> That's so random. Yeah. Yeah, we'll post a picture of this online. This is this is quite quite interesting how on earth he's done that to his BMW. <laughs> but then it's just, you know, like people are talking about it and I was like, I think if it had been something different, you know, like something like LSD, probably like a bit like wall people and. Um. Do you, do you? It's interesting. I was having a I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and um, we're, we're talking about we're talking about LSD, and LSD was probably one of the first what I'd call really strong psychedelics that I um, I sort of experimented with, mm. and for a long time I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it until I started to really understand the sort of the energy from the mushroom. And now I won't touch LSD. Really? Like, yeah, it doesn't, it, 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 the energy feels, for me personally, it just feels wrong. It, it doesn't feel right, it feels... There's like coldness to it, isn't there? Yeah, it, 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 there's, it, for, for me now when it's in me, it, it, my body's almost just going, this isn't real, this, we don't like this. Mm. It's, it's sort of, yeah, it just, it just doesn't feel right. I mean, I guess maybe there's a lack of, I think um, possibly the reason why people like mushrooms so much, I mean, I really love mushrooms, um, is also the reason why there's a lot of people that don't get on with them, um, is because there's a real sense of intelligence there, there's a real sense of dialogue going on, um, and it's almost like, you know, you're like, all right guys, you know, what's happening now? And they're like, we're gonna show you everything, and I'm like, okay, let's go. With LSD, I find it's your, you become very aware of um, almost essentially you're the master, you're the creator of every single second of the next 12 hours. And that's really daunting because you're like, okay, we've got to like, there's no anyone there to sort of, you know. Yeah, I find it's just a feedback, sort of, it's sort of, this sort of chaotic energy which just mm. goes, and if you can't, if you can't master it, if you can't, if you can't control it, or it takes incredible. Uh, I mean, I find I have to have all of these. I don't want to call them like safeguards, but I find it useful being a creative person because I'm like, okay, I have music. That's a thing that can happen. That's a space that can be provided. Okay, there's art and things to do. When I'm on there. That's another thing, another space, another anchor, essentially. You know, um, as I find with mushrooms, there's no time. There's no need for anchors. There's, there's you know, especially because it's 
you know, whatever, five hours. It's a really short time for the amount of information that's being thrown at you. So there's no need to have to, like... I find the set and setting with mushrooms is really not necessarily that important. If it's, you know, if you're, for example, if you're doing them on your own, if you're in, you know, a nice kind of space, it's fine. Then it's like the lessons there, the, the shamans there, everything's all encapsulated in the mushroom. Mm. Um, I just find there's way more preparation that needs to happen for LSD and that that in itself can become I don't know a, a bit of pressure maybe after. yeah no no I agree because I've, I've found myself in some um, some interesting experiences with LSD in the past mm. you know quite challenging and I think if if I hadn't if I hadn't had the experience that I've had and I was able to rationalise with myself going okay I'm seeing this, I'm experiencing this, and this is why I'm experiencing this, so it's fine. Just relax, roll mm. with it. Um, I, can, I can see how people get themselves into uh, sticky situations with it, to be honest. Mm. Whereas I've always found with, um, yeah, like you sort of say, with the mushrooms, it's, it's, it's this all-encapsulating you know, energy which is there. It wants to sort of look after you, it wants to sort of communicate, to show you things. Mm. Um, I was talking to a, a guy online who follows me, and um, he'd recently just tried mushrooms for the first time and he messaged me this morning with just this this ream of information just mm. going oh my god just wow mm. and he, you know he just did he just did it where he just locked himself in his yeah. bedroom dark bedroom ate the mushrooms sat with music and just meditated for you know six seven hours mm. and he said it was just he's blowing his mind he's yeah it's just like beautiful. a down download of information yeah it's just a yeah. huge download and he's just yeah. he's like i c can't believe it he said you know they just he said just the sheer information and he was like oh you know it really did feel like i was communicating with a with a with another world and just like i think you probably were my yeah, friend. yeah. And, you know super super powerful i mean i know uh, i don't know if you've heard of this guy kalindi ii so he's so. a proponent of these super high doses of 20 grams dried plus. And he's saying in that community of the high doses, he's a novice. But it's like essentially, you know, it's it's getting into this kind of effectively the same as like the DMT ayahuasca realm. For sure. But I still think there's, there's so much to be, um, you know, the kind of, lower doses but high I mean I say when you start to get around maybe like the five gram dried mark um, that becomes very kind of interesting but I, I mean I, I've had a lot of I guess similar kind of TMT like experiences in terms of the communication where it's um, I guess probably you know when I had close to four grams of dried liberty caps um, I got this overwhelming catharsis and healing and everything it was beautiful and then it just suddenly kind of switched and I got this message saying welcome back like applauding me well done for tuning back into you know channel whatever I was like I was you know sat up going like what okay and they're like all this information about you know being part of a cosmic race and now we're not originally all this extraterrestrial information that I've never got on any other psychedelics, any other mushrooms, just strictly liberty caps. And they're like, we have all this information. You need to remember all of it. 
you know, you've you've forgotten all of it, but we're here to give it back to you. And you're like, wow, okay. And it's like, you don't have to do anything. You just take them, and you're like, right, okay. Just yeah, sit. You just you just sit there, the don't you? I've um, I, for years the the idea of sort of doing larger doses has, has always terrified me. There's always been that fear, um, but since since sort of exploring with ayahuasca, all of the pretty much all the fear mm. which I've always had in my life has just disappeared and um, now I'm very comfortable going up to you know the last last few times when I've done larger doses it's always been around that sort of 10 gram mark mm. and um, yeah te- te- 10 grams you know you are you are you feel so connected and mm. you are communicating and you are just it's almost like you're just plugged into this sort of you know, super conductive network of information mm. and you're just getting, you're getting so much information and you can just, you can just think about various topics and you're just getting all these different answers and communicating and the visuals you see just this constant mm. web of connective energy all around us. Um, you know, you almost see it all over your skin like you're wearing this sort of ultra thin like bio suit of mm. connective information and all this sort of jazz you know really really fascinating mm. and um, the last time I did a large dose like that was was in Italy and just being underneath the sort of the Italian sky and all the stars and mm. out in the woods and you could you could literally see how everything was connected all the trees all the plants it just everything is connected all, all integrated mm. and it really was just the most precious precious experiences that I've had and um, and it's just I've just found that it's just it's just completely shifted my perception on on life you know whereas before you know a year and a half ago before I started really sort of exploring the plant medicines you know I was suffering from anxiety depression lack of confidence you know all of these things alcoholism Mm. you know all of this shit and it really does feel now that it's the combination of all, all these experiences is just I don't necessarily want to use the, the, the sort of expression of like you know wiping your hard drive but it does feel like you've had a complete system reset mm. um, I think as well it's like you, you realise you have these allies now whereas before it's like the you know even with however you know, much we're connected to people the human experience can be quite lonely because it requires I don't know, for lack of a better word, like validation, you know, constant uh, presenting yourself to people, wanting a response and how it's going to turn out, whatever. Um, With the plants, there's none of that judgment, there's none of that anything, there's none of that need for validation. It's just them saying, we're here for you if you need us. And, you know, you probably will need us at some point. So, you know... um, I think that's very empowering to know that, um, you know, for me, since the doing the San Pedro ceremony in uh, Peru, it's like I have, feel like I have these constant connections, you know, signifiers. I've got a really nice photo of a cactus from the hotel we're staying in uh, as the background of my phone. I've got this, which I got from the ceremony, which is a signifier. Um, 
doing things like taking the the powder even at you know microdose level it connects me back to this thing and it's not necessarily it's it's that's the experience it's the reminder that there are these things there and that there is such a deeper experience to be had as a human um and it's i think it just comes down to you know it's it's great it's amazing to be you know you feel kind of honored to be connected to these plants connected to something bigger um that doesn't need to be like an ego game or anything mm. you don't need to do anything you don't need to have to impress anyone you just, just feel be. a sense of worth by being and connecting with the plants and yeah i think um i think it's really powerful and i think it's a shame that um more of us in society don't have that experience because actually i think so many of us in this sort of human experience do feel very lost do feel very alone i know i have mm. in the past i felt very unconnected you know even though i'm surrounded by lots of people who love me and um yeah like you sort of say realizing that there is just so much more to this this experience and there are so there's so many more energies and entities mm. shall we say and intelligent life forms that i would potentially argue are invested in in us and the human experience and um you know i was talking to a friend of mine the other day and they were sort of saying you know the human experience is one of the most high value experiences we can you know you can attain in this sort of universe and the you know and it really sort of it really resonated with me that um life is really precious mm. it's a real i think it's a real gift and you know i wake up every single day now and i and i you know i was i wake up and i'm just like almost a little celebration it's like yay i'm still here mm. i'm still in this human experience because it is it is a, it is a beautiful one and um i think it's a shame because i think a lot of people don't recognize that anymore they don't see it you know there's so much there's so much distraction there's so much bullshit you know there's so much fear and you know so many people out there are genuinely just stuck in these these ruts which mm. they call life totally unfulfilled pissed off unhappy anxious depressed sad miserable lonely mm. all of those sort of emotions and i think i think it's a real shame that you know there's there's got to be a reason why the governments sort of keep us away from these plant medicines you know why wouldn't you want people to feel better about themselves mm. why wouldn't you want people to feel more connected to a greater greater intelligence the only reason i can think of is because you don't you don't want people to be empowered mm. why do you want, why don't you want people to be empowered well if you don't want people to be empowered you want to be able to control them yeah and um that's what i'm beginning to really sort of feel and understand is that actually you know as society we're being lied to systematically lied to we're being you know we're being prevented from growing we're being prevented from expanding into our true authentic selves mm. and you know we're purposely being limited you know and i can only assume it is to control and to manipulate mm. um and i think that's i think that's tragic absolutely tragic because i've i you know i can recognize that you know for years i was stuck in this 3d rut of life you know anxious depressed you know coping with life by abusing alcohol drugs and stuff like that to try and help me relax into this sort of human experience mm. you know with all the sort of societal pressures and 
shit that you experience. And then now I realize that, you know what? It was all bullshit. Mm. It was all complete bullshit. All of those stories, all of those fears, all of those thought processes that I had, it was all crap. Mm. And um, that's, all, that's all come about from, from working with the plant medicines over the last 18 months. And, you know, I'm so bloody glad I did because it, re- it really does, you know, I don't like the term, but it really does feel like you've sort of broken away from the shackles of the matrix. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not to sort of think that I'm, I don't think to myself, oh, well, you know, I'm more conscious, I'm more advanced than anybody else at all. I don't think that, I think we're all exactly the same. And I think we all have the ability to expand our consciousness massively and to... Yeah, we've all got it there within us. I mean, um, you know, some of the best, like, spiritual teachers I've had haven't necessarily been spiritual teachers. They've been, like, you know, people teaching you Kung Fu and they're saying, you know, everything's there. You have everything. You've, You've known it for thousands of years you know in all your lifetimes before you know how to do all these all these moves everything's there it's encoded into your dna and i'm just like unraveling it and bringing it out of you i'm not you know a thing to look to i'm not it you know uh the bruce lee quote it's like a finger pointing to the moon don't look at the moon otherwise you'll miss all that heavenly glory so it's you know there's a lot of like guruism happening at the moment um which is kind of weird, but understandable because there's such a, I don't want to say market because that's the wrong word, but like there's such a need for people to like, you know, look to someone and people really do capitalize on it. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of the time people don't necessarily want to hear that it's in them and it's that easy because we're always taught that anything worth doing is going to be difficult Mm. which i like (laughs) you know it does rain true with a lot of things certainly you know you feel so much more worth if you've done something that's difficult but it doesn't necessarily mean that you as a human being don't deserve to be happy and feel love and feel joy and be relaxed and not have to be anxious all the time and not have to worry all the time about everything and not have to be depressed like as I said you know this human experience is amazing so if people have that just that awareness of you know holy shit this is like a this is sort of spiritual practice happening this is where you learn everything this is where you get all the stuff if they just have that level of awareness then I think it um, could possibly empower people and not have to like need to whatever spend thousands of pounds going on a seminar to effectively say to them oh yeah you know it's all in you I don't know if you've seen this guy Bentinho no. he's like one of the latest um, sort of uh, you know non-traditional guru western capitalised on the Instagram crowd hyper-individualism um, and from what I've you know watched it's just you know this kind of slight smarminess to it you know ha, you know it's all in you it's really easy well you know if it's really easy why are you kind of capitalising on this thing where you're making people 
spend loads of money and hear you talk you know um i think it's almost like people don't see the concept of the ascetic anymore you know this like um hermeticism you know where people just go on a long walk you know that was like for me yesterday when i had an hour walk there and back to the city farm and i'd had you know a little bit of mess for me that was like this is the time to just be in myself and be me and not have to need you know i've got everything there. i've got the plant there um and i guess you know the the lack of access to psychedelic substances has meant people have you know looked to gurus but you know, it just seems more and more we're finding out that these people aren't so nice, you know, and kind of nefarious and ill-intentioned. I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. I've I've seen it and I think <clears throat> brings me back to what I was sort of talking about earlier, sort of this sort of, this fake shamanism and, yeah, this sort of guru sort of stuff. And, this is why I guess you know I mean I talk about quite a lot of different concepts and things mm. online and um, purely just to sort of try and invoke and to sort of trigger thought process and to get mm. people sort of just trying to perceive things in a slightly different fashion because mm. again yeah I, I don't you know you know I've used I've used people and people have helped me to get to where I am they weren't gurus so to speak mm. they're just like look we need to get rid of your shit yeah yeah and we'll get, we, you know, we could, we can. It's like help. going, to, going yeah. to see a doctor. Yeah, we can help you get rid of your shit, but it's going to be you doing the work. Yeah, it's you doing. It's you know, you've got to go through that. You've got to do the work. Um, but I agree with what you sort of said. You know, just changing people's level of perception and you know mm. realizing that there is more to this. And you know, for me, I think a couple of really sort of big, big areas that opened me up was recognizing one, I'm not my thoughts. And I'm not my past experiences. Mm. Both of those two sort of areas we use a lot to sort of code as you know it's so hard to our identity them, of who know. who we are. Well, I'm this person because this happened to me. It's a classic mm. sort of thought process. And um, you know, for me, recognizing that and going, okay, you're not you're not your thoughts. You know, that's a pretty powerful one. Mm. You know, just because you think something, it doesn't mean it's true. And yet, actually, it's quite dangerous because a lot of people really do believe their thoughts and believe it to be true. And you're like, it's not at all. And I think that's there's this sort of there's this quite disturbing level of delusion mm. in society now, um, where people create these sort of false realities in their minds, and then, that, as far as they're concerned, that is then the real the real deal, the real story. Mm. And it is this yeah this sort of level of sickness that you can kind of see with people. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's sort of come about with just how society is mm. constructed. And, you know, I see a very much a fear-based society as opposed to a society full of love. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's been like that for a long time. And I think you can really see it's chipping away at humanity and affecting us, you mm. know, deeply. Um, you know, you, you see it in London. You see this sort of deep incongruence. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, to go back to San Pedro, it made me want to smile at everyone that I walked past. And I was so aware of how it's almost like you, you're locked in this battle. You know, you're trying to get someone, you, you know, you're not, you're not like going up to them. And people just, you know, 
trying to catch their eye attention and they're so you know looking down I'm, I'm surprised that people don't bump into people more or like hit their heads more because the amount of people that are just looking down either at their phone or just at the floor when they're walking and it's a really strange one you know why is it that we're so worried about our we're so precious about our personal space and our not even personal space you know you could you could wave to someone from across the road and they'll think you're a madman you know I know it's weird isn't it it's like what is it we're so protective of and it, I certainly found it you know it's a very British thing you know um, you go to other countries and it's a lot easier to strike up a conversation even um, someone was talking to me the other day about personal space and how it's different culturally so in somewhere like India where you've got a billion people personal space isn't really an issue because everyone's kind of cramped up a lot of the time you know whereas somewhere like Australia where you don't see another human being for however many miles personal space is quite large mm. but even somewhere like that where it's, you might not see someone for however many miles there's still like a friendliness to it people still want to interact just have that shared experience of saying good morning you know which you only kind of find in the countryside if you're walking your dog or whatever whereas in London it's you really have to try to or, or the only times I have interactions with people is if you know someone's either drunk or you know on drugs and it's their their inhibitions down but then it's like I don't know it's kind of sad but it's it's good in a way to be able to have those connections with people but mm. no I mean you, you see you see it you see it on the tube I mean mm. I've, I've spoken to people on the tube before and you can see everyone looking around at you going oh my god these people are weird they're talking to each other yeah, on the yeah, tube yeah. do and they like, know each other yeah, yeah all this sort of stuff you're like oh my god this is crazy this how society is has come and you know again I was on the tube the other day and there was a couple of guys who are completely off their face on drugs being really really abusive and uh, everybody just put their heads down and just tried to ignore it and you're like this is ridiculous you know mm. there's two there's two idiots on this tube affecting all of us there's a hundred of us and we're all sticking our heads down yeah if a hundred of us all just turn and go you know what boys <laughs> shut the hell up or we're going to throw you off this train mm. they would literally shut their mouths and sit down if the whole carriage is mm. like united in one go right if you don't belt up we're going to belt you up yourselves you mm. and you know everyone literally should stick head, head, head in the head, yeah, head, yeah. In, head in the, their laps and it's just crazy this sort of this unconsciousness mm. um, I find it very sad yeah maybe we need to get the whole whole of society on some masculine <laughs> Certainly, I think that more so than something like LSD, you know. I think I think if, like, mescaline had been the main driving force of the psychedelic revolution rather than acid, you might have had a lot less chaos, potentially. No, I, I agree, because I, I, think, I think LSD is a sort of a chaotic energy. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, all you know, the, like, conspiracy theories surrounding LSD and a lot of these substances being, you know used in different ways and for you know nefarious purposes and you think well you know yeah I mean a lot of people who didn't really do much in the 60s and 70s other than just take loads of drugs and listen to music and so you know it's a it's an interesting one like where you have the the balance with it all because I think these things can really be used for healing but they can also just be used to like 
people to go off into that world and really remove themselves and I think for me that kind of goes back to you know people thinking there's like something so wrong with the society that rather than like trying to you know for example it's like people don't necessarily go back to the pagan roots in the UK and really try and interact with that and try and make that a positive thing and try and bring that up through it's more like trying to put eastern philosophy on stuff and and fix stuff with other stuff from outside and you know i think if we can try and connect to like the land a lot more in the uk it would really kind of change things i think we're so kind of urbanized and you know we have this view of you know people in the countryside as weird country bumpkins you know and it's like there's a thing in finland now where i think if you're diagnosed depressed i think from whatever country you can go to finland and you have like a week of living in the woods learning how to make stuff learning how to just like live with nature and these kind of things um i think that's a huge part of the psychedelic experience just the very fact that people go out into nature and they reconnect yeah and they probably wouldn't have just gone for a a walk into the woods had they not been on psychedelics um yeah i think you're right i think um you know people do need to reconnect i know i'm always i mean i've I've always loved nature i was very fortunate i mean i grew up on a farm in the Mm. in the middle of nowhere nearest neighbors like a mile down the road yeah and uh, so i've always felt a, a a real connection to nature and the countryside um, my wife too you know grew up on a farm so you know she loves it and really appreciates it mm. we both love living in london um I, I like the energy in london yeah so my girlfriend's from a small town west of ireland so she absolutely loves london big cities and so much always going on and all different kinds of people and you know mm. every sort of human experience you could want really particularly in a place like london you know it's yeah, I mean, yeah, for me, I just, I, I love, uh, I love how multicultural it is. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, now I've, I've got friends from all over the world, all, all backgrounds, everything, you know, because I live in London and it's, mm. I think it's just enriched my human experience so much more. Definitely. Um, you know, <laughs> when you sort of go back to the countryside and, you know, you realise that people are still racist. Yeah, yeah. That's something we find when we go, when we go back to, go back to Kent where my oh, wife's yeah. from and we always where in Kent is she from? Uh, she's from Benenden oh okay right yeah it's so, very yeah it's a bit weird around very, there very, very, all a bit very very rural <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah you can you can be in you can be in the pub and if you over you listen to conversations and you're, you're generally shocked at the mm. shit they're talking about you're like I, I, I think it's, it's all to do with early childhood experiences you know yeah, I mean I was fortunate to grow up in London so at primary school my best friend was from Bangladesh, you know, his family's from Bangladesh. I'm, you know, five years old. I think you have those, you know, because you don't have that judgment, because you haven't built up this layers and this shell of your ego, you're just like, this person's my friend, you know, that's, that's it. That's mm. all there is to it, you know. Um, I think that's, you know, I mean, my dad's done a lot of work with intercultural education and he's always just like, you have to get to the kids first. If you if you can't do stuff with kids when it comes to this, there's not a lot of hope because it's really difficult um, as you get older. Um, no, for sure. 
No, completely. Agree it's just then. you know, it's, I think um, you know, there's there's a lot of difficulties when it comes to stuff like racing because everyone just wants to say like this person's racist bastard and we should like whatever you know. And it's like if we can think more about well, what kind of experience do they have as a child and how can we try and help them as an adult and expose them and it's it's all just unfortunately down to what people know and people are so afraid and again going back to fear it's just fear people are afraid of what they don't know and their defenses come up and they turn into not a very nice person you know because they're so worried about like their identity being i don't know i think that you know identity is such a big thing you know it's like i think it's a huge thing uh, that's where psychedelics are so powerful coming in to just be like I mean I um, cut out tobacco sort of eight years ago now um, through using ketamine and it was it wasn't a conscious I wasn't like I need to get off the tobacco I'm going to use some ketamine you know using ketamine and my friend decided to have a chat with me about tobacco he's like oh yeah you should probably cut it out I was like oh yeah you're right and then I I felt really bad I was like having a bad trip but it was alright you know I was dealing with it the next day the next morning I still felt really bad but I also felt this thing of it wouldn't make sense for me to use tobacco because I'm not a tobacco smoker I've never been a tobacco smoker even though I'd mixed loads of tobacco over the years with weed I was just like oh, you know Ollie doesn't use tobacco why would I it doesn't make sense um, and that identity shift has kind of stuck with me and I think be interesting to like I don't know see what would happen you give a bunch of racists like some psychedelics and be like you know all this stuff that from your childhood like it doesn't have to control it you know um, that would be um, interesting and it's a, it's, a, it's a good point where you sort of say you know you you know you just thought to yourself you know Ollie doesn't Ollie doesn't use tobacco mm. that's exactly the same conversation I had when I was in Italy with alcohol Right, yeah. And um, now, that's that's exactly how I feel. A friend of mine who's a, who's a doctor, and he he knew he knew how much I drank. You know, mm. I mean, I was you know medically classified as a, as a, as an alcoholic. Right, yeah. You know, that was the amount of alcohol you're drinking. You know, hundred units of alcohol per week. That's the equivalent to, I think, about ten bottles of vodka a month. Mm. You know, in, in volume of alcohol. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't a vodka drinker, but it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just puts it into perspective. And, um, you know, he was amazed at how quick the shift from being alcoholic to not. I mean, it was a matter of six hours. Mm. And um, and, I, and this is how I describe it. It's that, you know, now I don't actually even remember being a drinker. It's almost like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, awesome version one. Yeah, you can kind of, yeah, he was a drinker. But this, 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 who you are now, you've never been mm. a drinker. And my friend was interested because he was like, you know, most people are, you know, alcoholics. And, you know, I'd had a 23-year relationship with alcohol. I mean, that was a really, really long mm -hmm. time. He said, you know, you'd expect to have withdrawals. You'd expect to be having to go to AA meetings to have that support. You know, my house is full of alcohol. I keep alcohol in here on mm -hmm. purpose. You know, don't touch it. But it's it just shows me that that, that relationship is no longer there yeah. it's been it's been severed it's been removed and it almost feels like that 23 years of my life if it was a movie has just been edited out 
and just another version of me who wasn't a drinker is just being mm. slotted in. And it was so powerful because, I mean, genuinely, if you'd have sort of said to me, you know, six months ago, you know, you, you'll be giving up alcohol, you'll be teetotal, you will not drink again. I'd have been like, look, I will bet you everything I have that that's bullshit. Mm. Like literally, my, you know, my belief system was, yeah, okay, I recognize that I drink too much. I might need, to, I might cut down, but there is no way on earth that I'm going to stop drinking. Mm. And now I sort of just chuckle to myself and just sitting there going, Jesus, dude, you know, it's, it's nearly six months and Mad. don't even miss it. Don't even really think yeah. about it. I can go into pubs, I can buy people alcohol and sit and socialize them all night completely sober. You know, whereas before I'd be like, I couldn't possibly go out and socialize on a night out without drinking and getting drunk and stuff like that. Now I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll come out. I'll come out and socialize with you guys. Oh yeah, you guys can get drunk. I'll just mm. sit here and laugh at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, yeah, it's, it's, weird, it's weird how how the sort of, you know, the sort of psychedelics can really sort of help shift mm. your relationship with things. And that, I think that's what I find really, really fascinating, just how how healing Mm. how healing they are and I think that's you know beautiful because there's just so many of us who need who do need healing and who benefit from from healing and sort of sorting ourselves out mm. you know why like you sort of said earlier why why live in a, a world full of fear and unhappiness you know when this world is just such a beautiful gift why not enjoy it why not play mm. why not converse why not have fun with it um, yeah yeah it's crazy I think we just need to do, you know, more advocacy, basically, more, uh, you know, people talking about it, people. But this is why these these, these sort of conversations these are sort of important. Conversations, um, you know, things like breaking convention conference. Oh yeah, um, let's let, 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 let's let's talk about that. So now it's um, God, what year is it in? Eleven, thirteen, fifteen. I think it's in its fifth year now. And it's going to be sort of, I think, kind of double the size it's usually been. There's usually around kind of 600 people and, you know, 150 speakers. Now it's something like 200 speakers, one and a half thousand people. Largest psychedelics conference of its kind in Europe. Um, loads of really interesting people, um, as always. And, yeah, I mean, if people if people can get down to it, I think it's one of the most vibrant places for, you know three days you know the bit some of the biggest names you know in the psychedelic world all different kinds of things from whatever kind of topics you're interested in you can go see a talk about something or you can be chatting to someone about something and um you know for me it's kind of like the broadest like jumping into the pool of psychedelics that you can you know um and it's just you know it, it the atmosphere is it's not necessarily kind of strictly academic and boring like a lot of other conferences there's just this massive buzz um yeah we're gonna be uh me and another guy sam we're organizing a psychedelic comedy event which should be pretty cool um just to try and really kind of join up these ideas of psychedelia and comedy um as it's starting to come out of the woodwork a bit more particularly in the US and it's stuff that I've written about um, in my masters I was writing all about psychedelia and comedy 
And so we came together to try and put on a, an event for Breaking Convention, then with a view to kind of, you know, in like a year's time having a UK psychedelic comedy festival. Um, there's a guy coming over from the US called Shane Moss who recently did a film where he like goes around trying all different psychedelic substances and actually ends up in a mental institution at the end of it. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, this comedic take on uh, on psychedelia. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's looking at the, the ideas of piercing through this veil that, that you do with psychedelia um, and how comedy benefits from that uh, as a tool uh, to you know see behind the curtain you know um, lift up the veil of bullshit essentially but I think as well the you know psychedelic experience benefits from the comedy I think you know looking at kind of spiritualism and humour and concepts of like the cosmic joke and not having to take life so seriously and being kind to ourselves and easier on ourselves and realising that you know yeah there are lots of paradoxes in life and if we can laugh at them you know um, kind of makes things a lot easier I remember having um, heavy mushroom experience and I kind of felt a bit stuck philosophically when I was thinking about the universe and I didn't really get the concept of being in an infinite universe that is everywhere and it's not it's not anywhere it is everything it is everywhere it's not in a space and I just couldn't get my head around this concept and it was frustrating me and I was like I couldn't like you know get over the thought pattern I was just stuck and then like I had my friend my friend's face like pop up in my mind's eye just being like laughing just being like yeah don't worry about it it's amazing it's like it doesn't make any sense it's just this concept that you can't possibly understand because you're a little human and then I went from being frustrated to like on the floor just with tears of laughter because it was so funny that we exist in a universe that we can't possibly ever understand you know it's like this thing that's like yep it's everywhere and it's infinite like what do you mean infinite I can't understand the concept of infinity and it's like yeah that's what's you know I think, uh, you know, it's like concepts of crazy wisdom. You know, you go so far down the rabbit hole that there's no actual thing to settle on. So it's just really funny. It's just amazingly funny. It's just a big cosmic joke that, it, like, you're yeah. going to constantly be figuring this out for the rest of your life. Um, it, certainly, um, it certainly pickles my mind when I sort of, when I start sort of trying to explore it and to think about it. And... Um, now I've just I've just accepted that actually I'm not necessarily interested in trying to understand everything. I'm more interested in just experiencing, because mm. um, I think I think again that might be a bit of an ego trap. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I'm, I, I've I've got to understand everything. Okay, well, knock knock yourself out. You can spend your lifetime trying to understand something, and actually miss experiencing it. Mm. Um, for me, I'm, I'm I'm much more interested in, in experiencing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't want to over intellectualize everything Definitely. all the time. I think it's a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's much more. You know, as I said to you earlier, I'm just more interested in just being present mm. here and now. That's all that really matters. Yeah, yeah. You know, the past no longer exists, and the future, as far as I'm concerned, hasn't happened yet. Mm. Um, and I think it's just again, you know, remembering that whole thing of like you know, this is it, everything you're doing is it, you know, the human experience is 
this is the enlightenment that's happening it's not having to reach a certain point it's about just being able to integrate it in there in the moment and you know yeah they said like the fact that this is happening now you know it's like that is it that is you know what uh i don't know where the party is you know it's like you can have these non-dual experiences and go off into the thing and uh you know learn all this information but effectively it's like you come back to here and this is where the, the stuff is going on um so i think if we can integrate all that stuff when we're not on the psychedelics um but I think that that's the important yeah. thing, isn't it? Otherwise, you're just all you're doing is you're just chasing an escape because mm. you're just going away. And again, this this brings me back to this sort of this sort of fake shamanism. You know, I I know you know I've met people who have quote unquote been on the sort of spiritual path with the plant medicines for you know decades, mm. and. Um, I don't see any integration to their lives. Mm. Yeah, their, their lives are just as chaotic. You know, they're, they're still riddled with all the uh, human bullshit. I'm just like, yeah. crikey! I mean, you spend months and months and months at a time in the jungle, you know, with the plant medicines, and um, you know, you you, you seem mm. you seem still pretty confused. Mm. Um, and I think that's it. You know, people, it's the integration, yeah. you know, which is just so which is so important, you know, because otherwise it is, all it is is just another experience. If you can't integrate it positively into your life, then what's the point? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just, you're just wasting, you're wasting an experience, really. You're wasting knowledge. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think it's, you know, for me, it's, it's so important to, you know, to start looking at these plant medicines as real teachers as opposed to just a recreational experience. Yeah, exactly. Just shits and giggles, let's just get high with some friends and have some yeah. fun. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that. No, 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 nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not slamming that, but I think, um, I think you're missing a lot of the magic. Mm. Massively. Definitely. I'm going to have a pee. Cool. Pause that for a sec. Right, I tell you what, why don't we discuss ego death? Mm. What's your thoughts? Because it's something that a lot of people talk about and sort of want to experience, but I wonder if people understand. I think it's really useful to have that um, moment of being humbled. Those earth-shattering experiences where you just have the you know rug pulled out from underneath your feet and being faced with the knowledge that you are pretty insignificant in terms of not like your spirit and your worth is insignificant but you are insignificant in terms of having control over the situation and trying to dictate everything that happens all the time you're not as important as you think you are and I think that's really useful because it allows you to connect more with people because you become less guarded less um, protective over your stuff you know you allow people into your space more you give parts of yourself to people because you're not so trapped by the ego you're not holding on to it so much so you're like yeah I can 
give a part of me to you to interact with you know it's fine there's no um and i think a lot of people when they're trapped in the ego game it's like uh often feels like an exchange you know what am i getting out of this what am i giving to this is it you know so i think that's really useful but i think it can lead people into a holier than thou pious mindset which i'm sure you've seen um you know lots of people in the psychedelic community where it's this real sense of you know you don't know i know i've been there i've been through the call and i think my worry is you know it's just those they actually kind of draw further away from real connection because I mean I don't know I I think you know to a certain extent um, people like that possibly have had a lot of trauma in their lives a lot of need to um, revamp themselves revitalize themselves become this different thing get away from their past and that kind of stuff and you know um, stuff that other people possibly can't understand um, so I think that's useful to do, to a degree as well um, but it, it it can get a bit strange and a bit weird you know um, where people can't necessarily connect on just like a normal everyday <coughs> human level because they're so fixated on being this thing and it becomes more like being an image of this thing and saying the right words and ticking off the boxes and talking about these people and saying these quotes rather than just, you know, being natural, whatever. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, harm it does or whatever to, to be like that but I, I've met a lot of people particularly in places like Australia where you get a lot of born again yogis and um, the new age thing has really taken hold there and it, it just feels a bit unnatural it feels very forced um, you know it feels uncomfortable for me to kind of have a lot of those interactions because I worry that I'm not actually getting to what's going on it's like someone's effectively manipulating the situation because they're trying to put forward this image like sell me a product basically that's what I find a bit difficult with it mm. no I, I, I yeah I know I, I hear you I hear you um, I think for, for, yeah when I sort of when I sort of think about ego death for me, it was just experiencing experiencing the ego sort of fall away um, from your essence and then feeling it come back as you're sort of coming down out of an experience. And then, like I sort of said to you earlier, sort of starting to create a relationship, you know, a friendship, you know, with your ego and, you know, just becoming more conscious of when it pops up, why it pops up, what it's after, what it's trying to achieve. And especially over the last couple of months, I've sort of really, yeah, I mean, like every single day I spend time sort of focusing on ego and interacting with it and, yeah, creating creating a friendship, creating a bond. And um, 
that's helped me out massively. So like I sort of said earlier, you know, I, I now am aware when I'm in ego mode and I do something or I say something out of ego. And um, that's quite fun. Mm. That's quite fun to sort of... Uh, it's interesting to see how it kind of sucks you in as well. Like if you're really aware of that, what you're like, it, it becomes kind of addictive and you're... Uh, yeah, but it's, for me, it's just it's just enjoying learning who I am. Mm. Like who 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 am I really? Yeah, and that that's that's been part of this journey of really sort of self exploration and really sort of trying to work out you know who the hell you are. What what are you into? What turns mm. you on? What gets you going? Why do you do what you do? Why and is you- is you know how much of what you think you are is dictated by other people's perception of you? Is such a massive, you know, massive your family and everything and. Uh, you know, um, I mean, I don't know if you feel the same, but I always hate it if I'm in a situation where, like, someone thinks that they know me or they're like, oh, that's, you know, typical of you or I'm just like, you know, you don't. <laughs> this There's there's this need to really codify people and box people in there like, oh, I know you, you're like this. And uh, yeah, I think the thing with psychedelics and that whole breaking away from the ego is it's, it's that chance to kind of really figure it all out and not just like the surface level bullshit that people see mm. um but actually kind of grapple with your your essence and um you know and i think that's important isn't it because i had a i had a really nice message um a couple of weeks ago from this guy and um he basically it was, a, it was an apology and uh, he was writing to me going Oh, you know, you know, when I, you know, I, you popped up on my feed, you know, a few months ago, I was going for a really bad time and uh, I basically just thought you were a dick. Uh, just another sort of fake self-promoting sort of person, you know, online who just pretends to be happy and positive all the time. Mm. And uh, he's just like, look, you know, after months of <laughs> watching you and reading you and all this sort of jazz, he said, I just want to apologise that mm. I was completely wrong. And that was an interesting... That was an interesting sort of uh, message to sort of get from a, a total stranger, mm. um, because now I sort of you know since since my big sort of you know session with the Aya you know last October, you know it's almost sort of forced you into just being authentic and you know mm. living that that sort of true passion and path of who you really are. Mm. And for years, I made you know I realized that actually I suppressed, I suppressed a lot of my character, who I was, you know, because of lack of self confidence, anxiety, depression. You know, I kept, I kept him back. And now it's you know once that now that's all gone, you, you know, there's just this sort of freedom of being, you know, I'm very comfortable with who I am. You know, mm. if, if people want to judge me and think I'm a dick, then I'm equally very happy with that. And um, you know, it, do, it doesn't affect me at all because I'm not. I'm not looking for other people to validate yeah, yeah. my my personality now, who I am or who I thought I was or who I think I am. You know, there's just this sort of sense of knowing. Mm. And uh, with that, it's just this beautiful, relaxing sort of state of mind where you're just like, well... Yeah, yeah. and then you've just, you've got that natural desire to share it and... Yeah. But it can be misconstrued and that's the, that's the unfortunate thing, you know, and I've seen some of the um, clashes that... I don't know whether like Pen Cham, some of the cannabis people, you know, uh, like people suffering from debilitating illnesses or these kind of things. And, you know, like 
critiquing the whole concept of you know positive energy and these things and people saying you know it's not you know uh, people kind of thinking it's like about them and about like you know um rather than people just wanting to share it people think it's like a a little dig you know being like just actually take that time to think differently to to not let all the experiences affect you mm. as they usually do but to be honest i would i, I would i would argue that uh you know if someone's written something online and deep inside it creates a feeling a sensation in you mm. then that's in you that's yeah, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. that's that's your that's your shit yeah exactly and, it's all your uh, shit and, yeah. and that's the thing you've got to recognize i love how people blame and justify yeah definitely. and will project onto other people you know, we constantly project. You know, I've had a I've had a couple of trolls over the years, and uh, there's one particularly, and he just it's just a constant projection of of his internal state and mm. where he is in his life, and he just projects that onto me. You know, and I see that, and I, I recognise it, and, and you know, I'm, I'm nothing but polite and friendly to him, but you know, you just realise that it's it's nothing to do with you at all. It's just it's just where they are, mm. where they are in their world, and. Um, you know, and I and I welcome pin people to have opinions. You yeah, know, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a completely free society. And actually, to be perfectly honest, what people think about us, others, is, is actually ultimately none of our business. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's almost like you know we. The the problem I see with you know the Instagram and the Facebook is that it's made people think that what people think is more important than it actually is. It's not. It's not like oh, people are hyper individualistic I mean we've always been kind of hyper individualistic but it's the it's the constant like referral to the wider audience of of people you know where like a hundred thousand years ago you wouldn't have interacted with so many people so it's this false sense of you needing to like sell yourself to this wider audience when really it probably only matters like you know your interaction between the immediate people around you and everything else is just superfluous and we I don't know yeah it's uh, are we sure false idols that kind of stuff you know it's yeah. like uh, hmm. but yeah I think you're right is that you know now now you're obviously reaching people who have the ability to reach much wider audiences and out of reaching that wider audiences, you're ultimately going to attract more criticism because, mm. you know, like with social media now, you know, I've got people who follow me from all over the world, mm. literally all over the world, different cultures and everything. And, you know, you're not necessarily going to resonate with all of them. No. And, you know, this whole thing of like, well, because they're your followers, you kind of have to like keep them all happy and essentially, and you know, I do think it's like, but it's not, you know, possible to like be compassionate to like so many people and just like because like the the brain just doesn't work that way it's you know it's um I don't even try yeah I don't even try my my my, my thing now and it might come across as slightly arrogant it's not meant to be arrogant at all but you know in this day and age you know it's a choice to follow someone on social media yeah so if you choose to follow them, you can choose to unfollow them. You know, if they resonate with you, yeah, exactly. let them resonate with you. If, you. if you think they're a dick, think they're a dick and unfollow them. Don't yeah. don't don't waste any more time on 
you know, on that energy. And that's the beautiful thing about this day and age. You know, we can pick and choose who we follow and who mm. we have in our lives and all that sort of jazz. Um, you know, and I, I, I think that's, I think that's beautiful being able to connect with just many, many people all over the world. Mm. Um, but also, I quite enjoy, you know, having um, criticism feedback because it keeps you on your toes yeah, and yeah. actually you learn and you know just because I think I'm doing everything right it doesn't mean that I am yeah yeah and quite often someone will say a comment and actually if you allow it to sort of just you know you sit with it and you know keep your ego in check and mm. you know you might find that actually they have a valid point yeah or you can you can certainly extrapolate some sort of lesson from the feedback they're giving you mm. and that's the interesting thing is that you know you see it online all the time. Someone will make a comment, and you know it's, it's a commenting. It's a comment on in text, and you know then it's, it's blown out of proportion. Mm. You know, you might take it as them being rude, but it's not. It's just the way they are. It's, yeah, just, it's yeah. not meant to be rude, um, whatever. So it's an interesting way of communicating, and I've certainly learned to um, moderate my responses and just not take things personally, and and but also allow people to have their own opinions. You know, we yeah. do live in this free world, and um, you know. I encourage that that, that freedom yeah, and yeah. that freedom of expression. You know, mm. I think we should encourage it more. You know, as long as you're not inciting hate, you know, stuff like that, then exactly. you know you should be able to speak your truth and what you feel. Mm. I think it's very very important. And you know, that's another thing that sort of you know the sort of psychedelics have taught me is that you know we're all one. We're all part yeah. of the same system. We're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters. And uh, you know, we shouldn't be judging. You know, we should be loving. We're here to create, not to hate. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, you know, ho hopefully more people will mm. will start to see that. Mm. But I know you've got to go, man. So yeah. was there anything else you wanted just to say before? No, I think that's it. Just, yeah, just before bailing. make sure, get yourself to Breaking Convention if you can. Breaking Convention. What's the date yeah. of that again? Uh, it is the, let me just double check. So this is in London, it's down in Greenwich. Greenwich University. Greenwich University. So we're talking the um, 16th to the 18th of August, although there'll be a comedy event on the 15th of August to kind of start it all off. Um, on the Sunday night as well as particularly, it's going to be the big after party. So it's... Uh, it's absolutely amazing experience. So. Brilliant. Well, what we'll do, we'll stick the link for tickets yeah, for yeah. Breaking Convention and the link to their website and social media in the uh, show yeah, notes. Yeah. Nice one. Fantastic. Well, Ollie, awesome. thank you for coming on to the yeah, awesome Boom podcast, mate. Me. Yeah. And uh, no doubt we'll chat. We'll chat more again soon. Definitely. Wicked. Lovely, nice jubbly. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for another Awesome Boom podcast. I really do appreciate all your love and support, as I said at the beginning of the show. Do check out our sponsors, Canico. They're on Instagram at canico.cbd, or the website is canico.co.uk for all your CBD hemp desires and needs. And we've got another two new podcasts being released this week, so do keep your eyes and ears posted on social media for all the links. I hope you all have an amazing day and we'll speak very soon.